We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I'm honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators and have over 46 years of uh, fire investigation experience. I also teach the expert witness testimony course for the International and uh, and have uh, written some CFI trainer, uh, co-written CFI trainer.net uh, courses. Um, uh, Donna won't be here today. I've, uh, she's she's busy doing some other things, and uh, she'll be hopefully back next week. Um, but uh, we we do have a great guest here today. Uh, this is uh, Ricky Flowers. He's a fire chief for the Darlington County Fire District in South Carolina, and he'll tell you where that's at. And uh, and he is also an uh, an accelerant detection canine handler, which is which is we've had. Uh, uh, other ones on before, but he has his own perspective on, on canines, and he has spent extensive time in the fe- field of fire investigations and community risk reduction, and that's not really the case in a lot of fire uh, fire chiefs. A lot of them come out straight out of suppression or administration, and uh, they don't have the exposure that he does, and Chief Flowers is, uh, is getting his master's degree uh, in leadership, and um, he currently lives in, in Darlington County. Uh, uh, Chief, welcome to Speaking of Fire. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, you're terrific. Uh, I, well, and it, as a uh, disclaimer, so people know that I, I'm not keeping this under uh, my hat, uh, we know each other, don't we, Ricky? Uh, yes, sir. And how, did, how, were you, how were you so unfortunate as to run across me, sir? Um, I'd taken the expert witness course um, through the International Association and uh, had the pleasure of meeting you and and gaining some wonderful wisdom from the course. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, uh, yeah, we had other instructors, so that's where you got the the wisdom from. Uh, But uh, were you you also – so you were one of our uh, victims, I mean uh, students, correct? You had it right the first time. I was a victim. Yes, sir. Um, no, it, it was a wonderful course, and I, I learned a ton of information from it. Well, I'm glad you did, sir. I mean, I, I thank you for being on, Ricky, because uh, you are, I think, the first fire chief that we've had on. And um, and I want to tell you, in, in most cases, uh, the fire chiefs are really, um, uh, in this country, and I'm sorry to say that because they go all over the country, do not have an appreciation for fire investigations that you do. Um, I know that you, you, well, let's let's just tell the people here. Um, uh, why do you feel fire investigations are important to uh, to fire chiefs? Well, and it's it's, it's almost a, a selfish reason, Mike. But the the gist of it is so that we have, as fire chiefs and leaders in our community, we've got the the knowledge of what's starting the fires, even if it's not arson. Uh, if we see a string of kitchen fires in, in certain demographics, we need to focus our prevention efforts in that area. Um, if it's electrical problems that we're constantly seeing, we may need to do some PSA and, and get out in these communities and explain to people what's starting their fires. And, and I think all too often we kind of 
especially as fire chiefs, we kind of get in the mindset of our job is to look out for our people and put the fire out. Well, if we can stop the fires, we're looking out for our people. So it's, it's almost a selfish reason, but the end goal is to make it a safer community. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, uh, I know all of us are always working to either um, arson deterrence or the prevention of fires. Um, and so we're trying to put ourselves out of, of work. However, uh, it never seems to, to happen. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and so I know you do a lot of uh, community outreach, too, don't you, Chief? We do. Um, we, we do a lot with, and, and we, we kind of target our, our, I say target, we kind of pick out our, um, our highest hazard groups. Um, we know where we're going to have fires most of the time. Uh, unfortunately, as you said, we, we can't stop all of them. But what we can do is educate the public on it. Um, and, and even if it's not fire, we try to work closely with our EMS partners and, and other people like that to, to get the education in the citizens' hands. Right. And, uh, well, well, by the way, I, f- I should tell people, uh, Darlington County, you, well, tell, tell them where you're, you're located, will you, Ricky? So we are uh, about two hours from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and about two hours from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're located in the uh, northern, eastern part of South Carolina. Um, we're almost dead square on the, uh, very close to the North Carolina line. So we, we see a, a little bit of everything here. Um, we also, the Darlington County is also the home of one of the oldest NASCAR speedways um, in Darlington Raceways. So. Well, yeah, was, to fame. yeah, I was going to say, you got a lot of NASCAR fans out here and probably a bunch of them listening here. So they probably know exactly where you're at. Um, I just did that for the general public and, uh, and to the world, too, because this is an international program. And uh, I'd like them to know where you're, where you're at. And uh, so, yeah, one of the things that you just touched on was um, prevention, you know, uh, prevention is, is really an important part of, of, of every fire department. And, and I'm sorry to say that I, a lot of people, uh, a lot of fire chiefs put uh, people that are, have been injured into prevention or our older people are getting ready to retire. Um, and they don't really have a lot of training. Uh, for, you know, fire investigations, because fire investigations is part of a lot of uh, prevention units. Uh, now, I know your uh, philosophy is different than that. And uh, what about your unit, Chief? How, how is yours constructed? So we're a little bit different. Um, what we have is we've got a very large volunteer basis. Um, and what we've done is we've trained all of our volunteer company officers, which and we have 187 volunteers. So out of that 187, um, we've got about 14 people who are very well trained in, in, in fire investigations. Um, myself and the deputy fire chief are currently over the program. Uh, so if they get kind of hung up and don't quite understand what they're looking at, they can call us anytime, um, and we'll go out. And a lot of times we're there anyway, so we kind of do it as a group. But um, we also noticed that education and um, and investigations were kind of a problem if you include inspections and all the other day-to-day operations of a typical fire marshal. So we split that position up. Um, I sir, I take care of half of the county and the deputy fire chief takes care of the other half. And mm-hmm. um, if we ended up if we end up needing to be together to investigate a fire, that's okay too. 
So we're doing things a little bit different, but it's working out because we truly investigate every fire that we have in our county. Now that's that's terrific because a lot of times it's just uh, you know just surround and drown and then um, and then they don't call anybody in to look at it, you know, particularly in rural areas uh, if there's a rural place. So um, what about well what about your fire prevention people? I mean now uh, you said well let's talk about wait let's talk about the um, let's go back for a second the 14 people that you've got so your captains are the are the um, incident commanders. Uh, they're the ones that are going out there, and then if they need help, and they're looking at the fires after they put them out, right? Is correct. correct? Okay, and then if they need some uh, further assistance, they'll call you or your deputy, correct? Correct. And it, do they? And then you make a determination. You've got the you've got the canine. Everybody loves uh, the dogs. Um, and I I have a your picture that you sent in. You, has your has your dog with you? Uh, yes, and sir. so, and so, you make that decision as to whether or not you use the dog on that particular scene, correct? Right, and, and we may use them even if we don't, even if we don't need need her. Um, we may just do it for her training and my training as the handler, um, because she knows that not every time she she gets the sniff of fire that it's going to be arson. But uh, it's good work for her, and it's good work for our our, uh, our investigators too to see how she works. So. Yeah, sure. What kind of dog is she, and how old is she? She is a two-year-old yellow lab. Ah, those labs are great. I, they're used a lot throughout the uh, fire service for for canine um, dogs. I mean, for uh, for canine detection, uh, accelerant detection, and um, and uh, and so. And has you been? Have you been working her for a long time, or what? Uh, I got her last year. Um, matter of fact, mm-hmm. next month will be exactly a year. Um, and we have worked probably 10 or 12 fires already, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is a lot coming from our class. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're not, not, well, you don't, yeah, you don't have to run them, you don't run them around uh, uh, unattended cooking fires much. Right. But, so, yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, what, you're a fire chief, so. Uh, let's do some. Let's do some help. I, I told I, I I put that there that we'd give some tips. I put that on the internet that we'd give some tips, not for arson detection because I don't want uh, arsonists to know what we're doing, but uh, some tips about <coughs> keeping yourself safe in in your house. Um, well, I mean things like sprinklers and 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 smoke detectors and stuff like that. Could you run a couple of things that you believe are very important to everybody? Yes, sir, and I cannot express how important home sprinkler systems are. Uh, mm-hmm. In South Carolina right now, we're fighting the battle, uh, trying to get trying to get it mandated that uh, home sprinkler systems are installed in one to two family dwellings or more. And uh, it, it's been a battle, a long battle, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're on the right track. Sprinkler systems saves lives, um, and, and in mid. I guess early 90s, we heard the same thing about smoke alarms, and we fought the same battle in South Carolina, uh, that smoke alarms aren't necessarily, they shouldn't have to be put in everyone's home. Well, now we're giving out free smoke alarms. Uh, We're going to install them for people. Um, Mm -hmm. We know that that alerts occupants, and it saves their lives by getting them out. The difference between the two is if you have a sprinkler system in your home, you have a firefighter on duty 24-7 that's less than two or three seconds away from you. Um, and especially, especially if you're in a rural area, 
it's such a big deal because a fire department may take a few minutes to get there. Um, and, and you could save your entire home and your life by having a sprinkler system. And it costs about the same. Well, and I say this just for South Carolina, but uh, it costs about the same to sprinkler your yard as it does your home. So <laughs> your grass is important as your children. And, and that's kind of always been my stance on it. Well, I really liked it, what you just said. Your grass is, 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 uh, is, well, actually, your grass is not as important as your children. It's exactly correct. And, and you know what? The sprinkler systems, what people don't understand is retrofitting the sprinkler systems, the cost has gone down significantly. Um, it's, you know, I mean, when they're using PVC pipe, they're using and, uh, and all kinds of different, uh, and, and they're using uh, Unique ways to put them back into into your house. Um, also, uh, the, the the smoke detectors. Um, you know, I've had a long career in in uh, working with the fire service and doing in fire investigations, and um, we we see fatalities all over the country that needn't be fatalities um, because they just didn't get out and they became disoriented within that first couple of minutes of ingesting of the smoke and they end up in other rooms and they don't end up by doors and they don't know where they're going and they get disoriented and and more and more and and men women and children um, die every year because of not having smoke detectors it's so so important I'm glad you stressed that and you're right about the sprinkler systems in that Um, people don't understand the um, the speed that fires can can uh, develop and spread. Um, can you talk for a moment about that, Chief? You, you've you seen thousands of fires, I'm sure, in your career, have you not? Yes, sir. Um, and it's so different now than it was even five years ago. Um, we didn't use the same type of materials to build furniture and, and to overlay our floors and things like that. Uh, modern construction and modern furnishings are not the same as they were 20 years ago. Um, there's a there's a ton of videos on side by side burns of legacy construction and modern day construction. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is is you have about two minutes, two to three minutes to get out of your house safely. Uh, now, before you had 15 to 20 minutes even sometimes uh, that you could that was an inhabitable atmosphere. Uh, and now we don't have that kind of time. Uh, it's and we train every all of our citizens. If you hear that alarm go off, you have to leave right then. Um, and that, that's one of the biggest things that we struggle with, especially right after we have a fatality, is, uh, is it, it seems like we're always playing a pre-recorded message almost. If you hear your alarm, leave the house. And uh, unfortunately, it's like you said, we see it all too often, and a lot of times it could have been avoided um, or prevented. Mm-hmm. All right, what is your feeling about, uh, and I know there's mixed feelings about this, but uh, not from the fire service, but what's your feelings about trying to go out, locate it, and fight it? What do you think as a civilian? Um, say that one more time for me, Mike. All right, so if you you have a fire in your house, um, you know, how do you feel? Should they get out or should they go and try and fight it? And That's what I thought you said. Um, <laughs> the way we train people, if it's any more than a trash can, you're not you're not a firefighter, right? Um, because of what is in there, it's so dangerous for people to be breathing in. Um, and unfortunately, my mother had a fire at her home at her where I grew up at, 
And um, she said, you know, if I would have been home, I could have stopped the fire. I said, no, Mom, if you would have been home, we probably would have pulled you out of there because you're not a firefighter. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that unless you're trained on how to do it, that that's not what fire extinguishers are for. Uh, fire extinguishers are for small fires for you to put out quickly before the fire department can arrive. Right, and and then then there's different types of fire extinguishers too, and and people don't right. understand. Uh, I mean, you can't. Uh, I I think I think well, I do a lot of commercial kitchen fires uh, investigation, and um, uh, it's really sad. I just worked at 13 Fatality Fire in New York City, where um, the, those people were killed in that apartment house, and um, and people think. I mean, they don't understand the spread of the fire. They don't understand how smoke is so deadly. And, um, and, and, and some people don't understand this got nothing to do with that fire in New York. But some people don't understand that if you had like a, uh, like a, a cooking fire, uh, that you can't throw water on it. I know there's all kinds of videos on the Internet about uh, throwing water on, on uh, grease fires and what happens to it. It turns into an inferno. And uh, and people just don't understand it, and uh, they get burned all the time, and and uh, they try to take things out if it's on fire. They try to take it outside, and um, I'm sure you've seen that, haven't you, Chief? We have, and uh, one of the ways we we started training, and I don't want to call them elderly, but I'd say are more experienced citizens. Um, mm-hmm. We make them hold a sheet of paper and walk forward, and that's what the flames of of that pot is going to do. So you see that the paper comes back to you. Well, if you're wearing loose clothing and things like that, that's where that fire is going to go. And um, it is not good for you. Just smother it. If you can't smother it, just leave it. Um, your kitchen is not worth your life. That's is absolutely true. And I've seen people, I've heard horrible stories and, and, and work cases where they'll take a, a burning a skillet of uh of grease and go to the door and try and throw it outside or something and throw it right on their children accidentally right at the doorway stuff like that just really just horrible stuff that that can go on um we're not uh, well we're not yeah all of us are unless you're trained and you don't have the uh, by the way and unless you live in a house that has a, like a like a, a permanent uh, hose and you can't run up there and uh and put it out. That's why the sprinkler systems are so important. And you wouldn't use a you wouldn't use that on uh, you wouldn't use that anyway, on uh, on any kind of uh, uh, a grease fire. You wouldn't use water. So, but anyway, but um, I wanted to ask you some more about your career, Chief. Um, how is your formal education helping you with your career in fire investigations? So at, at this point, I've, I've gotten a, a degree in um, criminology, which mm-hmm. uh, whenever I got it, I was told by some of my superiors that probably wouldn't help me much in, in fire investigations. <laughs> but the thought process behind motives and things like that, it has been a tremendous help. Not just that, but simple things like writing reports and being able to articulate where a fire started and how. Um, going through this formal education has, has really helped me a lot. Well, I, I thank you for saying that because, see, I came out of law enforcement, so I already, I, I got, I obtained the, inter- I have a master's in criminal justice, and um, and so I got my interviewing skills through 
actually doing it as a fire uh, as a as a police officer and then getting into an arson unit etc and uh, and you um I always I always urge the fire service that if they're if they're want to be real good investigators that they also want to take an interviewing course at uh, at their community college even uh, just to try and see why things uh, are how to to read people and things. What do you think about that, Chief? I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the college I went to is is here in my county, mm-hmm. um, and we have a roundtable uh, learning style. So while we were going through some of these classes, that, that was one of the, um, during public speaking, as a matter of fact, is, is mm-hmm. what of course I was in. It was, uh, it was interesting to be able to watch people and, and read them and be able to tell if they were actually listening to you or if they were zoned out into a whole other world or, or whatever. <laughs> so that was one of the things that we picked up on uh, from our, our professor was, Pay attention to your crowd, and whenever we're doing interviews with a suspect or or a homeowner or a victim or whoever, that's the same thing we should be doing. Um, we should be reading them and understanding where they're coming from and things like that. Yeah, well, you, I, I never saw that zone out thing on your face during the course. I just want to let you know that. Okay, <laughs> you were listening. So, although I have seen zone out, particularly when I'm talking at length, I've seen people, the whole crowd go that way, but we won't talk about that. We'll talk about this. The other thing too, and I'm sure that you learned this, uh, Ricky, in in your your career and I know in your education, consider the totality of the circumstance. That's right. The totality, everything that led up to at the time of, and then what happened after the fire, uh, all of that. Has, has makes a difference, and and then you come to the proper conclusion. Same way with your determinations, you have to do it correctly, right? That's right. Um, and I, I can only speak for South Carolina because that's where I've I've spent all of my time uh, in mm-hmm. investigations. But the the state law of talking about fire chiefs in South Carolina, it actually dictates that the the fire chief is in charge of the determination and cause of every fire within his or her jurisdiction and the circumstances leading to. So that was really important um, whenever we learned what that verbiage actually meant was we have just as, as fire chiefs and fire investigators, we have just as much a right to understand what happened 30 minutes prior to the fire as we do during the fire. So and a yeah. lot of times that helps us out. Yeah, that's great because yeah, in a lot of states, that's there's a state law that says the fire service is mandated to determine what caused the fire, and uh, and it's and it's kind of scary to me uh, that they kind of lean that uh, they let that go, uh, uh, pretty much like that go in many jurisdictions, and I'm sorry to see that, but uh, uh, well, and now so just a quick question you have to i mean i want to reinforce this for the listening audience you use a scientific method as outlined in nfpa 921 is that correct absolutely yes and then um and then 1033 is the the professional standard for a fire investigator and of course your people would have to to meet that or you couldn't be doing investigations correct correct okay so as a fire chief you i imagine you you um you teach to those things, or you uh, have some in-services about those, right? We typically do a, a, an in-service style approach, um, and that's kind of 
that's what's worked worked well for us in the past few years. Um, we've got a lot of guys close to us who are a lot more experienced than I am and a lot more educated in certain fields than I am. So we bring them in and let them do the training. And uh, and and plus, it's not the monotony of hearing the same old guy talk all the time. Yeah, good. That, that that's really smart too, uh, because a variety of uh, instructors is always good. And um, the NF, uh, the IAAI International Association of Arson Investigators have certified instructors, and and uh, they can they're available on all kinds of different topics. Uh, I know I've been to North and South Carolina both, and and you have a joint. Uh, um, uh, you have a joint kind of a thing, uh, a conference every year, which is always wonderful. It's usually in Myrtle Beach, and um, I know it's uh, it's terrific, and you learn a lot of stuff there, too. Yeah, we do, and and that's one of the things that we try to send all of our uh, investigators to do. Even if they can't go for a full week, we lo- we like for them to go a couple days, um, take a few classes, uh, and do some networking, because I've never seen anybody who's had to answer to every fire. So uh, it, it's nice to be able to throw ideas off somebody and have a sounding board. Absolutely, and I know a lot of learning takes place outside the uh, the, the classroom when everybody's telling their fire stories. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, thinking of that, um, we're going to take a break here in a minute. And uh, but I'd like to hear one of your stories, Chief, if you would be that. I would. Uh, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to ask you some other things, but I'd like to hear some of your uh, stories, too. Would that be all right? Absolutely. Yeah, so this is what we're going to do. We'll just take a a break um, here, and uh, I do want to say one other thing. Um, I've noticed in North and South Carolina that you guys really do have an emphasis on training, and I want to thank you guys for that. And I want to underline that to uh, I wish the I wish every state in the union would have that. Uh, California is a good uh, example of that. You are uh, and uh, and different areas. So I just wanted to say that before we take the break. So now we're going to just take a break right now. So when you come back, come back to speaking of fire. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. FireAnalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact FireAnalysis.net. That's FireAnalysis.net. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello and welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for being here. Uh, Donna's not here today, so that's why I'm reopening it. We're talking to um, Ricky Flowers, who's the fire chief of Darlington County Fire District in South Carolina. Uh, he has a he's an accelerant detection canine handler and and has many years in fire investigations. and uh, And we've been talking about some tips that that people uh, can use to keep themselves safe. And uh, and about fire investigations and okay, and so hey, chief, the, you're. Where do you think the fire service is going as a as a whole in the next five years? What do you think? So, uh, what we're seeing a trend in is a lot more scientific data, um, uh-huh. which is a, a huge deal for the fire service. And 15 years ago, we didn't care about science. Um, we we didn't quite understand how it played into what we do. Now, we know that if we can understand the way flow paths work, uh, we can understand the way fire spreads and smoke spreads, uh, and what we're doing as firefighters to, uh, to, to increase those things, um, maybe we can save more, uh, more lives and more structures and definitely uh, save the, the firefighters uh, a little bit more. So uh, between that and technology, um, I think we've made probably some of the biggest advancements in the past five years, five, ten years. Um, and it's almost scary because it's been so fast. Uh, used to a thermal imaging camera would weigh 15 pounds, 10 pounds maybe while you're trying to carry it through a burning house. And now we have them over our shoulder that fit in the palm of your hand. So things like that that um, other people, much smarter than I, have uh have have designed and made prototypes and and they're actually coming to life now so it's it's almost like a futuristic film whenever we're out fighting fire now yes it's amazing uh the the research that's going on um and the only way to stay current with that well there's thousands of ways to stay current uh what do you what do you think chief what what are you guys using as the this keep current with the uh with the technology etc so one of the biggest things we use, and, and it's, I don't even know if it's a good idea, but we use um, publications. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever a new piece of equipment is coming out or something like that, that's the first place we see it. Um, trade shows and places of conferences, things like that. We are learning a ton of information at these things. Um, NIST website, um, mm-hmm. they, they have so so much information that we were learning from them. This is a National Institute of Science and Technology, and and it is uh, available online. Um, and also CFITrainer.net for the International Association of Arson Investigators and ATF and the U.S. Fire Administration put that up there. Uh, fortunately, when I was uh, president, 
uh, it launched, uh, the prior president, uh, David Sneed of IAAI, uh, found the uh, found the ability to get grants, and there's, we've, we've been getting them, uh, not not always, but we, we just uh, just got another one. Uh, so hopefully, um, we'll, and we're, we are, we're going to, new, uh, by the way, we're going to uh, Washington to base the, uh, to uh, talk to the legislature, legislators to back the Fire Act uh, here in April when uh, the Congressional Fire Service Institute dinner is coming up. Are you, gonna, are you getting to that, Chief, or I don't know if you were going to that or not? Uh, no, sir, not this year. Okay. All right. So let me talk about something that you mentioned that is really important to me and and uh, and to the general public. Uh, fallen uh, firefighters. When firefighters get killed, um, it's there's various reasons for that happening. And the Fallen Firefighters Foundation is was established to support the the, the families and and also uh, uh, to bring awareness uh, to the. Uh, everybody goes home program uh, to the to the to the fire departments. Um, you're you're important you, uh, to us, chief, because you um, you train your people and uh, and you've got a volunteer department, so you, they have to come in on their own time, right? Or yeah. I, I don't uh, to get this training. Um, and I imagine that uh, you take some really good. I've worked way too many firefighters fatalities. Uh, and you, you, there's some that you can't avoid. There's, it just can't be avoided. But what do you think the biggest um, danger is to firefighters? Uh, ourselves, um, unfortunately. Oh. Or ourselves is, um, is. I mean, for those of uh, for those of you that don't know, um, cardiac emergencies are that, that's what causes most firefighter deaths. Um, responding to and from calls ranks. Very, a very close second. Um, those are things that we can fix, and uh, you know we can we can implement workout programs. We can eat a little healthier at the fire station, um, and and it's hard to do because we've always we we kind of have a stigma in the fire service of you know we, we can work really hard whenever the call goes out and uh, everything's fine. But even if you're working a 24, 48 hour shift, the way most uh, full time fire departments do. That's only a third of your life that you're taking really good care of yourself. So, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that that that's kind of the way it is right now. Um, build construction does have a lot to do with some of the collapses and firefighters being injured and things like that. But um, and training is such a big deal. Uh, if if we train, especially our newer generation of firefighters, to understand how the building construction is, is going to react to fire, you could save their lives by a two-hour course and, and a, a, a little bit of experience, just being able to share that with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, I know that a lot of fire departments have uh, even workout equipment. Uh, they have an exercise room and stuff like that so people can can uh, can keep in shape um, and with treadmills and everything because you know, a lot of people do, uh, a lot of men die in their 50s, early 50s, particularly uh, from the big one, the big heart attack that comes because they haven't been uh, taking care of themselves. And with the extra exertion and uh, the, the adrenaline that goes on in the fire service and responding to uh, fires and the exertion that has to be done to put them out, that even puts you guys at higher risk, doesn't it? 
It, it does, and it's um, whenever the uh, whenever we get an alarm, uh, our heart rate goes from a resting rate to about triple. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, we're excited to go do our job, and we don't know what we're going to a lot of times. Uh, but the, after five years or ten years or twenty years of your heart constantly doing that, it's not great for it. Um, so taking care of yourself before you get into the fire service and while you're in is such a huge deal. That's right. And ingesting all of that nice smoke, well, you can't help but get, get it when you're at a fire scene. No. I know you're wearing CBAs and stuff like that, but you're always going to get downwind accident every once in a while of it or um and um and you're gonna ingest it help i don't know why i'm still alive i'll tell you that chief I, i'm still I, you know, I started when back in the day where you where you picked up that debris sample and stuck it in your nose and you smelled it does that smell yeah. like gasoline to you you know that kind of thing <laughs> so not right now osha would put us all in jail if we did that stuff anyway so okay so Let's talk about something else. Um, what do you think the um, What do you think the role of the biggest role of the of the fire service plays in in the communities in the communities? What do you think their biggest role is, Chief? So, and and my stance is a little bit different than some fire chiefs um, that I know. <laughs> but our role, our I tell our guys all the time, our biggest role is customer service for one, and for two, uh, to to make that customer service happen is we need to prevent fires. Um, and, you know, some fires are, are kind of unavoidable, and I understand that. But if it's a cooking fire, um, yes, it's an accident, but was that person ever educated on how to cook safely, um, mm-hmm. to turn the, the handles of the pot inward so that it doesn't make it where it's easy to flip over onto a child's head or whatever? Um, to not have combustibles near the stovetop. Things like that, using drop cords the right way. Um, we're, we're seeing a ton of fires with drop cords, and, and a lot of times that's, un, I mean, that's a, an avoidable fire, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. They, they, so, yeah. Removable power taps, otherwise known as uh, outlet strips. Um, they you know, people put uh, they'll plug in window air conditioners in them and then daisy chain them uh, from one room to the other and uh, my lord, there are many things that that happen that people just are not thinking, um, uh, and you know it's just a shame. I mean they put uh, a um, an electrical space heater too close to a bed or something and and end up killing uh, someone in the house from from that. Uh, it's just really sad. So you're, yeah, you're, uh, you're right on as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as my, I'm concerned, Chief. Um, and how about social media? Is that helping you at all? Um, we started last year really making a push to our younger generation of followers um, in in the county and and elsewhere. Really, we've learned that we've got a lot more people than we thought we had viewing our stuff. So um, it's been a huge help to get the message out um, to to some of our, I would say, inexperienced adults. Um, <laughs> and we're, we know that we're not going to get the, the older adults um, on that platform. But that's a simple platform that we can use. It doesn't take hardly any time 
Uh, we can we can borrow things. I shouldn't. I won't say steal because it may be copyrighted. But uh, <laughs> we may borrow something, borrow something from another organization and post it, um, and things like that. And it, it catches people's attention because they're going to be on social media regardless whether whether we're there or not. So why don't why aren't we there where they're going to be? And uh, just put ourselves out there a little bit, and and you know. Um, Social media has a tendency to to get fire departments and other emergency services in some trouble, and mm-hmm. uh, we've learned that if you use it the right way, it does us a lot better than it does harm. So you're not going to be out tweeting at two o'clock in the morning about some other fire chief you don't like. No, no, <laughs> we try not to do that. Um, we do try to tweet at least one picture of of a fire every now and then, uh, just uh-huh. to get people interested. Well, sure. No, it's a it's a great platform. Uh, well, uh, by the way, you're on you're on a certain form of media right now, aren't you? Right. So you're out here, you're you're out here singing the song and uh, of praise here, and uh, to the fire service, and that's the way it should be too. And telling people what's going to help keep them safe. And uh, so let's talk about something that that people might be interested in. And let's let's tell me a story, Chief. We've got a fire story. So, um, this is probably one of the weirdest um, investigations we've ever done. We, we got called to a residential structure fire, um, and this was a few years ago. Um, and we were just really having trouble figuring out what started the fire. And uh, it looked like it had started, well, we, we knew it had started in a living room somewhere, and it was close to a wall. Uh, no outlets near that wall, and, and no real reason for it to have burned there. So, um, some of our, our more, um, I would say, aggressive, I guess, investigators were like, well, it must be arson. And, um, and, and we, we both know that that's not always the case. There's, sometimes there's yep. reasons for things happening other than that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, while we were investigating, we, we started talking, getting some, some uh, statements from the people who lived there. And we were asking them questions, you know, what did you have sitting on this table? And it was all, it was nothing that, that should have started a fire. Um, and we found the remnants of the, uh, the bottom, the archway of a rocking chair, uh, the part that you actually rock on. Uh-huh. I asked them, I said, you know, did, did you guys have a rocking chair in that corner? And they were like, yeah, that's, that's where my, my mom sits every night. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So we started looking, and I could only find one of them. I was like, well, you know, that's weird. And uh, we started looking a little bit closer, and there was a rug over the top of the ground, I mean, over the top of the floor. Mm-hmm. And they had a drop cord that had sat under there for almost 15 years and never oh. caused a problem. But every night, whenever she rocked in her chair, it moved forward just a little bit and uh, eventually ended up breaking that line, the, uh, the drop cord. So it it started a fire whenever no one was home. And... Uh, is just one of those really weird fires that if we wouldn't have took, taken the time to really investigate it, she could have maybe ended up in a lot more, um, in, in some legal trouble that she didn't deserve. Absolutely. And uh, this is what's really good, Chief. You're, you're talking about a detailed investigation, which we should be doing in every one of them. And you did that and, and you discovered what really happened. Um, the old days, uh, there was the negative corpus deal where um, people would say, well, I eliminated these things, so it must be arson. And it's uh, called ipsy dipsa, 
it's that way because I say it's that way kind of thing in the law, and uh, and we don't we don't uh, do that anymore. We we have to do um, fire investigations based on uh, scientific principles, and um, and you learn that, and and so your your uh, people are in good shape as far as I'm concerned in your county. Uh, I mean, in uh, that's what I see. Um, now the the other ways that you use social media. So do you um, do you like uh, put out videos? I mean, I'm on LinkedIn and I I like uh, you know I share things. Uh, you know, do you put other things out? I mean, I imagine you read the Fire and Arson Investigator magazine that comes out from the International Association of Arson Investigators, right? Yes, sir, we do. And and you and and that's online, by the way. You can get that magazine. Uh, but what about um, what about the, do you put um, I don't know. Uh, I know you use CFITrainer.net because you used it with uh, the expert witness course. Do you put anything out there uh, to on social media, or do you do talks yourself, or what? Uh, typically, we use other people's uh, stuff. But do, mm-hmm. I mean, we may pick something up from from an investigation um, um, magazine or something like that, or you know, mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the CFITrainer.net courses talks about residential electrical systems or uh, natural gas systems, residential mm-hmm. natural gas systems. Um, we love to put blips of information from those places on the, uh, on, on the, on social media so that people can see, you know, we're not just making this stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. Other people have done a ton of research. We know it because they've taught it to us and we've seen it. We've experienced it. They've proven it with science. So, it's nice to have that little bit of backup. No, it's great, and it, it's and, and not only that, but you um, you learn from each other by going to like the North and South uh, Carolina uh, Joint Conference there at Myrtle Beach. That's a week long. I know that you you've been there, and uh, and I know you told me you you sent uh, some people there, even if they can't go for the whole week. But I think that's a that's a good that's a good place where they have some really good interesting speakers, and. Um, how about the International uh, Association of Arson Investigators? You know, they have an international conference. Uh, the next one's coming up here um, in April. Uh, in, uh, in, I'm sorry, it's not true. Is it, is it, it's uh, the end of, it's in May. Um, it's uh, in uh, Frisco, mm-hmm. Texas. Are you going to be there this year? I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. Um, I've got to, we've got to do a research for the canine um, mm-hmm. around the same time period. We did go to Orlando two years ago, uh, whenever it was there. And ah, yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, <laughs> you like that, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Is it? Well, yeah. See, so so they bring in international speakers uh, from all over the country, and um, and they do, and they. Um, and, and when it's still, it's the latest. It's the latest from um, uh, fire research. Uh, by the way, um, Kirk's fire investigation uh, eight is out now by uh, <clears throat> by Dr. David Icove and Gerald Haynes. Uh, it just came out uh, in August, I think last year. I think it's is that correct? I can't remember exactly what the issue date was. But um, I mean, it was just getting out on the on, on for sale, and I know that we use those too. It's always nice to walk into a a deposition 
with a with a 921, a 1033, and something like Kirk's uh, that has all kinds of things marked that you've already read, don't you think, Chief? Oh, it makes a huge difference. Um, and what I've learned since the course, um, I've, I've talked to some attorneys around our area and defense lawyers and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever they see those three books and they see flags sticking out of them and pieces of paper stuck in them and things that we do to organize our own thoughts, um, they know that that's kind of, uh, it, it may not be in their best interest to bring those things up. <laughs> they may not be able to catch us as quickly as they thought they could on uh, on on things out of those books if they see them whenever you walk into a courtroom. Yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, and and I want to tell you that it's really great uh, when when uh, when it uh, when it comes to pass that these uh, that somebody thinks that they've got something uh, and they're going to to take the fire investigator to task and they're going to say, you know, you, uh, you don't know this, you've never known this, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's, it's terrible. Uh, when, when, uh, but I love it that, uh, when they, uh, <laughs> when, when you show them that you do know what you're doing. So, and it's, uh, I, it starts on May 20th, by the way, uh, and runs for the whole week. That that's the twentieth is I think is is the uh, yeah it's the Sunday so it starts with the um, the president's reception and then runs until Friday half a day Friday so I hope you can make it uh, to Frisco um, and because uh, I'd like to see you again Chief also is there anything you'd like to uh, to share with us um, like what do you to the to the general public to to help them stay safe here in this last couple minutes. Um, one of the biggest things is um, check your check your smoke alarm. Um, talk to your kids about an exit plan. Going outside, staying outside. Um, we have conversations with children all the time about what would you go back inside for, and uh, it's it's always something that can be replaced. Um, and. It's sad, but that's that's one of the biggest things we have to fight with. Um, make sure your kids know how to call 911. Um, make sure that they know their address. They may be the one calling 911. We had a case not too long ago where a uh, six-year-old little girl saved her whole family from a burning house because she remembered what we called her in fire prevention. So we know that's great. That's great. Um, check into a home sprinkler system and and just remember if. It's almost the exact same price as it is to sprinkler your lawn. Um, your grass is not more important than you or your spouse or your loved one, um, or even your pets for that matter. If I had to give up my pet for uh, a piece of grass, it, it would be a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be smart. Um, think about the things you're doing and think about how you want to invest in the biggest investment that you have as your home and your family. Um, so you can protect those things if you really want to. Yes, and you, so get out when the, when the uh, smoke alarm, uh, call 911. Let's get out. Um, if, you are, if you have children on the second floor or anybody on the second floor, uh, ladders, these rope ladders are inexpensive. You can put them right on the window and, and, and not have to run down the, the, the burning staircase. Um, we just had a couple of fatalities uh, in Kansas a while back. It was 
on this, uh, they couldn't get out, uh, and they couldn't jump out the window, and elderly people and stuff, you know? So, yeah, so it's hard. And, uh, Chief, I want to thank you. You have been very informative. Uh, and, Ricky, uh, uh, you passed it. You know you passed, right? We got the yes, certificate. <laughs> so I hope, I hope that, 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 uh, that that class helped you in your, in your testimony and also in your, any deposition you might have to do in the future. Um, so um, tell, tell last, uh, last time, just to say one more thing, uh, Chief, you're the chief of Darlington County Fire District in South Carolina, right? Yes, sir. And, uh, and the people, I think, in your community are a lot safer because you're the chief. Well, thank you that. very much. I mean that. So um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have to say goodbye. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. And uh, and so what we in the next couple of weeks, people, we're going to have uh, we're going to have um, a, uh, a an arson task force. How to uh, how to um, successfully develop an arson task force? We're going to do that. We're going to have an, an attorney talk about fire cases uh, from his perspective uh, and an insurance claims. Uh, you know what happens when there's a fire. Um, and uh, and the insurance company is uh, is defending it because it's uh, it's an uh, it's an incendiary fire, so a fraud fire. And we're also going to have some other people, um, which are, I'm working on right now. Some other uh, some other people. Uh, we may uh, be ending our show around June. Um, uh, that's still up in the air. I'm still considering whether or not I'm going to continue uh, doing this, but. Um, and it's uh, purely because I'm too busy to not sometimes. Remember this, what uh, Tanaka Yotaka said, it, te- it does not take many words to tell the truth. By the way, that was uh, Sitting Bull said that. So it does not take many words to tell the truth. So when you, so let's, this is the truth. When you come back, please come back to Speaking of Fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.